and it's interesting because, you know, I think that when we think about creativity, we do very specifically think about the arts and specific arts, and that might depend on the person and what your background is, but it definitely is, I think, way broader than drawing or playing the piano, right? I think there are, so I, as, as we've been talking about like writing down all these things that w- would be considered creative activities. Welcome to the Level Up Growth Podcast, the podcast where you can learn ways to take your personal development and growth a step further so that you can be the person you want to be and have the life you want to have. I'm Grace, a naturopathic doctor. And I'm Kelsey, a registered clinical counselor. We've both been on and continue to be on our own personal growth journeys. And on this show, we'll explore a range of topics that we can all use to level up our minds, bodies, emotions, and spirit. So let's get started on today's episode. Welcome back to the Level Up Growth Podcast with Kelsey and Grace. Yes, we're happy you're back to listen to us yet again. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about creativity or the arts and how that can be an avenue to personal growth or improving our mental health. Yeah. And I think I feel like it's something we don't always talk about when we talk about personal growth specifically or mental health, really. I mean, I mean, there are obviously there are like music therapy and art therapy available, but they're kind of underutilized. And but yeah, generally, I think it's kind of not discussed a lot. Yeah, even you saying things to me, I know that, you know, somatic therapy is a thing. But do I actually know people who have partaken in that? No, I don't actually. And I know that knowing someone is not a good reflection of the actual number of people that have done it. But you're right, I feel like these words are kind of tossed around. But things like CBT or or cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy are much more commonly used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most people don't go to music therapy or art therapy, right? Like exactly. Or if they do, it's like I've tried everything else, and now I'm just gonna, you know, it's the only thing available to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. What's your experience with the arts, Kelsey, and kind of mental health? Well, I mean, my experience with the arts is quite quite large. So I'm going to give like a lot of backstory. So I am, I would identify myself as like a very creative person. And when I was growing up, I did like a lot of art stuff. I started playing piano at like age six and had, you know, did all the grade levels in the, you know, Royal Conservatory. And I have like the last exam I did was grade eight, but I can, could play up to grade 10 stuff. I still play the piano every day or pretty much every day. And then I, you know, took definitely took drawing painting lessons when I was a kid. I did a lot of, I was in the school band, school choir, and like literally in high school, I was in like band, jazz band, choir, vocal jazz, the school musical. <laughs> like I took acting classes outside of school, right into my late teens, early twenties was even had one acting coach compare me to a young Sally Field. So I was definitely very much into the creative arts and kind of fell away from the acting and stuff like that in my early twenties. And then towards my late twenties, I decided I really wanted to pursue more arts. My undergrad degree is in film studies. So Mm -hmm. I like, I have really just always been in kind of the creative field until Literally until my mid-30s when I decided to change careers. When I was in my late 20s, I 
was 27. I moved to LA for six months, did a bunch of screenwriting workshops, networked, that kind of stuff. Moved to back to Canada, eventually went to Toronto, took more workshops there, wrote a web series, which I totally, if I'm, I'm not going to link it, but I'm going to say if anybody can find it on YouTube, gold star, it's called ESP. It's a horror web series. So, you know, see if you can check it out. Okay. Um, I expected to not think about the horror genre, but that's good. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I've written a bunch of screenplays and, and that kind of stuff. And then, yeah. And, you know, worked on a couple other sets and then, you know, made a career decision choice to change careers and, you know, my kind of mid thirties, but yeah. So my, like my background in the arts is quite extensive and then mental health wise, I know, but personally, I can remember being young and feeling nervous or anxious and going to sit at the piano and playing the piano. And it would totally calm my nerves. Like every single time. Absolutely amazing. Really cool self-soothing skill that I, no one told me to do. I just, you know, figured it out. But yeah, that's kind of, sorry, that was a lot, but that's my, that's my background. <laughs> no, that's great. It's so funny because listening to you talk about your background, it made me think about my background in a different way. Because like, say, for example, if you had asked me first, what's your background with the arts? I also grew up playing piano for 12 years. I was in band all of high school. We did band trips. I played clarinet and oboe, but I Honestly, if you didn't go first, Kelsey, I would have never said any of that. Oh my <laughs> God, that's so funny. Yeah, because it's not something, and we were talking before we recorded about what people's concept of arts is. And I just, and I, even though I know that sound and music is one, I just, it would have blanked from me, I think. <laughs> I don't think I would have even mentioned it, but I would mention drawing, which I grew up doing and I really liked it. I also grew up playing the piano, played oboe, played clarinet. Uh, unlike your experience, which sounds like a very positive one, mine was more of a forced one, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was only later in life where I appreciate the, the ability to read music, but I don't find that same soothing in playing music or playing piano. I definitely lean on music a lot or sound to self-soothe in the sense that it will calm me or it will excite me as it does for most people. I imagine think about when you go to the gym, you listen to really upbeat music. Maybe when you're trying to go to bed, you might listen to more soothing or calming music. So yeah, growing up, I played a lot of instruments. I drew a lot, but it was definitely not encouraged my family Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that even now (laughs) I can think of a very recent example, actually. That's why it's so prevalent. Growing up, yeah, first-generation Asian family, it's very much more go to school, really focus on math, math and science, which I understand where that comes from. And so with drawing and more, I guess, fluffy, quote-unquote, things like that, my parents didn't really discourage it, but neither did they encourage it. And even last week, so I was just painting today, (laughs) So I'm doing paint by numbers and I was telling my dad about it. And he said, what a waste of time. Like, why are you doing that? And I had told him earlier this year as well, how I was doing a pottery class and he was saying that that's such a waste of time as well. In that same conversation, I had talked about my other goals. So I had said, oh, I really want to take up more pottery classes this year. I also really want to, you know, learn 
Mandarin and speak it. I, mm-hmm. I want to be able to run a marathon, you know, things like that. And he praised all of those other goals, but specifically for pottery and artistic, he said, what a waste of time. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. And that's just, you know, like I'm not offended by any of that, but I just think that that's kind of, um, that's not kind of, but, but I definitely know quite a few people who have that same mindset around arts and how it can be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not into arguing with him, but I do find that it's maybe they have these negative beliefs about art or creativity. It's not productive or useful. And I think that's a misconception. That's not true at all. Even for my dad, when he thinks about you know, creativity or art, if he views it as a positive thing, he views it as a way in which it will help me be better at example math. So, you know, as a means to an end, so not in and of itself, this is very positive or beneficial. It's more so, okay, will drawing make you more creative? So you have better approaches to this math problem as an example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was my kind of background with the art. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. How do you see art as being helpful then? Because you pointed out that it can be. Yeah. Well, now as an adult, (laughs) I'm no longer indoctrinated with these things. Right. So I grew up drawing when I was younger and I didn't draw for a long time. Later on, I was getting tattoos, which is a form of art. Right. And the girls that was doing a stick and poke on me, I watched her do it. And I said, wow, I can do this. They're doing stick and poke tattoos. And I wanted to kind of exercise that creative part because I found that even with my inclination to read nonfiction books, I'm really trying to force myself to read fiction and specifically kind of sci-fi and fantasy Mm. because I want to exercise that part of my brain that is able to imagine things like be creative with what I'm seeing, you know, think, thinking in a less of a binary way. Mm-hmm. And that's how I find that art and creativity has helped me. So I really see the value of it. Again, there's other aspects I still struggle with though. So for example, yoga, I find it very challenging to do not in terms of like the actual movements, which are really challenging as well. It's the pace because I still, I still want to be go, go, go all the time. Right. Which I know uh, is something that is counterintuitive, <laughs> but yeah, it's not to say that all these things I'm super gung ho about them. I'm, they all come so easily. Not at all. It's more that I really recognize the value. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I definitely agree. Like there's so much value that comes from it. And there is a lot of research that supports that it's like very helpful for mental health. Right. So like there's one study I was looking at, it's from 2016. So it's pretty recent. It's the title of the article is everyday creativity, create everyday creative activity is as a path to flourishing. And so the authors basically said they, they did a 13 day sample of young adults where they spent some time on creative activities and the day after the creative activity they felt more positive affect and flourishing than they usually would have or that they would have without doing any creative activity so doing something is really good to like it'll make you happier basically is the the science which is really cool 
Very cool. So it's not a waste of time because you're you're getting something out of this, right? Yeah. And I mean, I wish I could tell my dad that, but I won't. <laughs> but it's like how we know that music can elevate our mood. What if we played soothing music to people with chronic pain or they use that as a way to soothe their nervous system? But something that's not really thought about, even though it's a very low invasive perhaps intervention with minimal harm and good benefit. If there's no benefit, no harm done. Yeah, totally. It's so interesting. When I read the article, I was thinking about how I've noticed that a lot in my own life, like lately, is that I'm not as creative as I was, you know, five years ago, just because I'm not doing, not in a creative career right now. Uh, That being said, I would say there is a lot of creativity in counseling. So it's not that it's not a creative career at all, but it's not like a career in the arts. So it's different. And I don't spend as much time writing and I don't, you know, I play the piano every day, but maybe 15 to 30 minutes. It's not like I'm doing a ton, you know, definitely just a lot less than I have in the past. Um, And I noticed on days or especially if there's like a string of days or a week where I do very little creative activity, I don't feel as happy versus when I, you know, make that point of doing it on a daily basis or a few times a week, at least my mood is way better. And so just recognizing that myself has been very helpful. Wow. That is really helpful because I'm not sure that I recognize that in myself, but I will be more aware of that. <laughs> if, But I also think that I still have these blocks around what is art, you know, like mm. it's the same way that you had mentioned music, right? And I, in my brain, I understand that it's a form of art. It's not what jumps to mind. So when mm-hmm. I think about my day, it is perhaps more difficult for me to think about examples of where I was creative or artistic in some aspect, because my, my immediate thoughts are more binary, even though if I take a second to step back, I understand that, you know, there's more to it. Yeah. So I yeah, reflect a bit each day. I can see that if I'm not creative or don't exercise that muscle, essentially, kind of like mindfulness or meditation, I am less happy. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, I think that when we think about creativity, we do very specifically think about the arts and specific arts, and that might depend on the person and what your background is, but it definitely is, I think, way broader than drawing or playing the piano, right? I think there are, so I, as, as we've been talking about like writing down all these things that w- would be considered creative activities. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely playing music or singing, right? Those are creative activities. Listening to music gets the creative juices flowing, right? So even as you mentioned, it can be really good for people with chronic pain. I do not have a source on that. So but I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we could find one. And it's definitely something I've heard before singing along to your favorite song while you're in the car, right. Or doing karaoke. Those would be creative activities. Mm-hmm. Dance, I- Right. So whether you're dancing, I like to dance in the kitchen with my partner or like, if you go watch a dance performance, stuff like that, cooking, super creative. Mm-hmm. right definitely anything in the realm of film so anybody who works in film or has done you know any you know whether that's writing or directing or all that kind of stuff's very creative or even watching movies 
right? Especially if you're like really in paying attention. So you're totally focused on it. Usually the theater would be a better place for that. You know, drawing, sculpture, painting, pottery, all that kind of stuff. Writing, which I mentioned, right? It's a very creative activity. Going to an art gallery would count as a creative activity. Gardening, going to a theater production or being in a theater production or, you know, anything with that. You mentioned tattooing. Totally. Yes. You also mentioned reading. Totally. Especially if you're reading fiction. It's totally creative activity because your imagination is going. I'm a yoga teacher on the side. So every time I sequence a class, there is definitely creativity in that. What we're doing right now, podcasting, (laughs) I think is definitely a creative activity. I edit the episodes, right? Like it's, there's creativity in there. And then some ones that, you know, the techie or like the sciencey people, I probably aren't even thinking of it, but like, I know people who built computers. That is creative. Who develop software or come up with software ideas. That is creative. Who, you know, develop any kind of tech, basically. That is all very creative. Or if you're in business and you develop like a whole new, like way of doing things in your company, you know, or a new standard operating platform, that is creative to develop that. And then one of my personal favorites, daydreaming. When you just sit there and daydream, you're using your imagination. Creativity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All those are I, such good examples. Yeah. Do you have any anything else that you would add? <laughs> no, I think the list was very comprehensive. But I will say, I think for some people, or sometimes myself too, I can think of arts and science as very the same spectrum but opposite ends where it's not that way actually it's you can be in tech and also you know which is a stem and then you can also have creative aspects of it or they can be used together so you could have an app that helps connect people with parkinsons and then they all get to sing together right so it's mm-hmm. like you have different ways that you can merge all these things together they're not mutually exclusive and where you can only do you know be artsy and then you do your regular job or whatnot like it's not right. and that goes for so many things people think that they're mutually exclusive but it's not true you can merge everything and that's kind of the whole point right we want technology and science to move us forward but also kind of we're emotional beings that need arts and culture to feel like we belong, to be emotionally stable, right? All these things. Science, those things don't make us feel like we belong per se. They're more isolating, but they definitely advance us as a species. Uh, So one's not good or bad. It's just being mindful of having both and valuing both to the same degree. Oh my God. I love that because I totally agree. The arts arts and architecture what connect us as humans and it's not science i mean science helps connect us in the sense that like we're recording this on zoom and we couldn't do any of this without science yeah but yeah yeah even just saying that for example arts and culture connect us they they make us like we're like emotional beings that think right not thinking beings that have emotions or whatnot it connects us and if we say that i think it can often be assumed that oh they they think so little of technology and the sciences and these advancements, but it's not like that. If you make one statement, it doesn't mean that we automatically think the other is untrue. It just it's just one single statement in isolation. Yeah, and we want both. Yeah, we definitely we need both, right? Like it's it's best for us if we have both, mm-hmm. and if we're open to both. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think art is really, really valuable. And I do think that's coming to the forefront more so now, especially post COVID era where everyone was doing Zoom, right? And online things. So it became more apparent how important connecting with others was. And usually you connect with others over an activity like going to a concert, like going to a cooking class, like all, all of these things. So I think that it's gotten better. I don't know if it's still great because, for example, my dad still has these negative beliefs surrounding creativity and the art. It's a waste of time, which you could argue is the same thing or the same blockage that people have around compassion. Self-compassion is a waste. I'm so soft, you know, like it's the same idea. Yeah, totally. Uh, oh my God. So I kind of have two points on that. One, I was reading a, so my guilty pleasures to read the, am I the asshole thread on, on, on Reddit. Uh, on Reddit. Okay. I've never read it. It just sounded like it was a Reddit thing. Oh my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I read one the other day that was about a dad asking if he was the asshole because he won't pay for his daughter's college education even though he played paid for his sons because she wants to study English and they both became doctors no and he thinks it's a waste he thinks that English degrees English degrees are like very versatile you can go into a whole bunch of things with an English degree but like he did not see this is a wasted degree because it's not science basically and he asked on reddit yeah and everybody's like you're the asshole yeah (laughs) okay good yeah but yeah, so like, yeah, again, like there is definitely, I think, a stigma, of, obviously, with certain people, but there is huge benefits to the arts or even pursuing artsy careers. Yeah, I'm not currently a filmmaker, even though my, you know, bachelor's degree is in film studies and my minor was English, of course. And so I, I know the joke is I watched movies and read books for you know, four years. <laughs> However, I find that it is really helpful, even, you know, in my current career because I can be more creative in sessions or encourage clients to do more artsy things or you know like I'll come up with really good ideas on the spot because I have that creative muscle that's available to me or I so easily role play with clients which the first time I did that was doing my practicum and I went and talked to my supervisor afterwards no one had prompted me to role play by the way I just was like "Hmm, I could teach my client the skill by role playing and my, my supervisor was like did you you did that? Like she was so surprised. And she told me that a lot of counselors don't because it's like uncomfortable because you are also then acting. And I was like, no, this is great. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it definitely, my point is it definitely has helped me in my career, even though I don't, even though that's not my current career. So a degree in the arts is not a wasted degree at all. That can be very helpful for lots of different skills in lots of different areas. I definitely yeah. agree. I think that as well, and it, like, it's, well, I feel limited by the English language only because I don't know it well enough. So I'm just going to always refer to it as the arts, you know, whatever that means, but so ill-encompassing. But I do think having, being creative and flexible in terms of your artistic side helps you in lots of careers. So specifically soft skills. Mm -hmm. So your interpersonal skills, the way you're able to read people, right? Read the room. Those are much harder skills to learn than things like how to program or Mm. how to perform CBT, you know, like those are very different. And I do think that if you exercise kind of creative muscles, you are able to better problem solve because you are able to think in like a non-linear way 
We are better able to be more compassionate, more empathetic. And these are all values that at least hopefully the community here really values. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, then maybe you're listening to the wrong podcast, but it will, these are things that we want to cultivate, right? So the arts and being creative allows us to do that in a better capacity. I think that most people have met someone that is maybe quite socially awkward and maybe they're also really isolated and they only, you know, were like taught to really do school, only do like sciences and things like that. It's a huge stereotype, but I have met lots of people like that in my life where a lot of those soft skills were not learned because they're kind of not, they're not exalted like the other ones are. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Those soft skills are so important and we totally take them for granted. I also mm-hmm. think that like a lot of people will either identify as creative people or not creative people. Like really, like if you like survey your friend group, half of them will be like, I am a creative person. The other half will be like, I'm not creative at all. But I bet you a lot of the people who identify as not creative actually are more creative than they give themselves credit for. Right. Mm-hmm. I think so. Just notice how you're identifying as well. Like, yeah, obviously, if you're, I mean, if you're creative, you, if you've done a lot of arts and you, you tend to know that you're creative. But if you're, if you identify as a non creative person, just maybe just go through the list of things that I mentioned of like, do you do those things, you know, or do you have a career where you utilize skills like, like engineering, right? Very creative or anything in tech, very creative, right? So, you know, see if you can think kind of, or open up your mind to what it is to be creative. Yeah, I think that's a great point because again, with that binary kind of view, people identify as this or that, but you can be both. And that's a great thing. You can be both like have one foot in lots of different areas and it's all fine and good. And it's limiting when you identify as one thing or the other, because it makes you less prone to pursue maybe creative activities or be less open to them. Say your partner uh, is cooking classes and you're like, I'm not creative. Maybe you won't go. Right. Um, less open to experiences, opportunities. Yeah, totally. Do you have any final thoughts or anything you'd like to add? I don't know if you guys just heard Nitro, but no, I don't really. I really like this topic. I think it's nice because, yeah, kind of it hits close to home for me and that my parents are people who see the arts as a waste of time. So just growing up, I've slowly changed that narrative and it's it's fun to talk about. Yeah, it's so funny. My parents are so different. They definitely very much encouraged the arts. That's so special. Yeah, I was definitely very lucky. Yeah, the only thing I would add is that coloring, I did not mention before, but that is a great one. And there's a lot of research that shows that coloring helps with relaxation. And so, and it's kind of creative because you can pick what colors you color the thing. So I might actually do some coloring tonight because I think that would be a nice relaxing evening activity that will get mm-hmm. a little bit of creativity going. Mm-hmm. I should have said this earlier, but that reminded me, sorry. I have seen studies about children who read poetry and then the fMRI will show different areas of their brain are activated and then they feel more relaxed or they say they're more relaxed. Um, I've read studies where women who have postpartum depression, they get together in a group and they just hold their babies and they, and you know, part of that probably is that group aspect in that everyone has postpartum depression, but it's still an art um, and it can positively benefit people. And there is research to support it. Not that there has to be in order to do it, but it is a selling point. Yeah, totally. That's great. So, I mean, I hope everybody does something creative this week. 
whatever you want to interpret that as doing. Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear about your own experiences with the arts. Did you grow up with, you know, negative beliefs about creativity or art or music or things like that? Or did you grow up in a really art positive household, I guess is what you would say. How has that changed as you've been an adult? And yeah, what are your views on creativity now? Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in this week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye everyone. Thank you so much again for listening to today's episode. Make sure to connect with us on social media with your takeaways from the show, any questions you may have, and let us know what topics you're interested in. Your support means so much to us, so please subscribe to the show, rate, and review if you enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week on Level Up Growth.